1: Is Grand Avenue in St. Paul just in transition or is it in trouble? It's a question the Pioneer Press raises, something I think about a lot. I have a good friend who owns his family, uh, founded Cafe Latte and Bread and Chocolate. Uh, And so I'm over there a lot to see Bryce and visit Cafe Latte. And so I love Grand Avenue. It is one of the more unique. Uh, stretches of locally owned kind of commerce mm-hmm. in the cities, right? Certainly in St. Paul, it's the the street, University Avenue yep. and Grand Avenue, and that's pretty much it, right, Laura?
2: I love it, and that's my neighborhood, and I hope it's just in transition because it is scary what it's like right now to me, for somebody who loves Grand Avenue and... Um, you live right near there, yeah, and it's there are a lot of closings, a lot, and it looks bad, and it just mm-hmm. I know that there are many factors. There's like an Ohio teachers union that owns some of those buildings. Right. There's I don't know. It's it's just. Something needs to happen and I'm not sure what. Do you have your Summit Hill Association who's involved. There's just a lot of moving parts.
1: There are where... a lot of a lot of moving parts yeah. as is typical of our cities. You end up with forty seven thousand citizens groups and business associations exactly. and mm-hmm. everybody needs a hearing and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, I think, that we see this in uptown Minneapolis, too, yeah. right? Right. Where both of these neighborhoods sort of coasted for a while with all these national chains who were there. Sure. Yep. And the national chains like were willing to pay higher rent because it was one store and they wanted the billboard effect essentially of being yes. on these busy corridors. But Grand Avenue in that, that teachers union, they have lost Anthropology, J. Crew, Lululemon, Pottery Barn. Those are all national, four national retailers. Mm-hmm. J.W. Hume, which was local, it's sort of different factor, right? Like this is the Leatherworks right. manufacturer that, like, has been struggling for a decade. Salute, the restaurant. Yeah. So all of those owned by this teacher.
2: Tavern on Grand. Oh, yeah. And Salute.
1: then Tavern on Grand right. went yeah. down. So what I can never tell in these scenarios is you say, okay, we can, you could sort of make an excuse for each closing, right? Mm-hmm. All the national retailers, well, you say like does that make sense in an urban commercial right. area?
2: And the charm of the old Grand Avenue was that it didn't have a lot of that national retail. Yes. It was local locally owned small business owners.
1: Who can't pay the rent
2: right. and the that are like so some high. of these newer yes. buildings
1: demand. Right. To make it Make the investment pay off for the Teachers Union of Ohio.
2: Exactly. Which we
1: don't, who, we do not care about the Teachers Union of Ohio. No,
2: we don't. And
1: they don't care about us. Mm -mm. I do wonder, and maybe some business owners know this better than you and I, but I, don't you feel like sometimes the local landlord who cares about the neighborhood is more willing to like make a deal? and sure. and understand that the market has shifted. Yes. Rent in 2024 should not be what rent was
2: in 2020. I know. It it's just, just shouldn't a mess. It's just a mess right now and I don't but know from, what the solution from is. From their
1: perspective they're like, "Well, Jason, why shouldn't it be? Interest rates are higher, utilities are higher, insurance is mm-hmm. higher. It is true, all those things are more expensive." What's annoying to residents and to those of us who care about this area is the business reality that some of these business some of these landlords find it more palatable to just leave it vacant I know than to cut a deal
2: That's what's so disturbing and that is Because it feels
1: depressing It right? feels
2: depressing yeah. and that does nothing for helping bring in new businesses that might want to give it a shot
1: Yeah the Grand Avenue Business Association says look like there are, there are plenty of businesses that want to be added and and they said over the last year 11 new businesses have been added Half of them are restaurants. Um, and some of that is like, was it like Sajia? Sagi, Sajia, yep. And then that, uh, is it Emmett's, Emmett's Public, Public House?
2: House? That has moved into the lower level of, of a brand new apartment building. And I will say that end of Grand is actually quite delightful. We just walked there maybe a couple of weeks ago. We had breakfast at your friend, Justin Sutherland's place. Oh, Big Biggie. E's. little mm-hmm. breakfast sandwich. Yep. And that new apartment building is beautiful. The Emmett's public house is nice. It's like down there, it's it's looking it's... pretty good. But the kind of the central area of Grand and Victoria right now is yeah. really in trouble.
1: Well that one building right across from uh Cafe Latte. Yeah. Where where it just it's empty.
2: It yes there and was that. that has J Crew changed. and Pottery Bar. And, and it was and... an Ann Taylor Loft. Yeah. And it was a, yeah, there's yeah, I don't know.
1: It is tricky that, you know, I think to me, when I think about like what we want in our city, um, those national retailers don't really do anything for me.
2: Not for certain streets. Like yeah. for your uptown In the mall your, you want right, it there. You want them in the mall. Yeah, you want course. them where you can find them. I'm not against them. Like no. I like
1: shopping at those right. places.
2: But the charm of when you can actually walk down a street to shop yeah. It doesn't really make sense to me either to have a bunch of big national chains.
1: So hard, like, trying to figure out from the landlord perspective, they're like, well, we built this building. Like, how am I supposed to make the financials work? I get work? it. I know. But, uh, like, Uptown's never going to come back. And, and I know, like, certainly crime and safety has been a concern both on Grand Avenue and in Uptown. Right. But to me, this is largely like a landlord rent issue where it's yeah. like, okay, no one wants to rent these places. Like lower the price. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Like, I
2: wish they would. and yeah. see, Just try it. And Maybe there's a way to give the landlords a boost for, if they need for it. For you
1: in that neighborhood, like what, what, and I guess this is the challenge, right? Like it's the challenge just that so many of us have shifted our shopping to online. online. Mm-hmm. So, if we as a society have decided we're just good, we're, we like the convenience, we like the selection, we're going to shop online. So, what do we do with all this space?
2: Yeah, good question. I think we and need I don't to, know. Like how many yeah.
1: gyms can you build or right? how many yoga studios can you put in?
2: I know. And resta- the restaurants are nice. Like, that's a nice option. It is. Even But do we need shops. more? Do we need more per- on Grand not, Avenue? There are a lot. No. But I also think that, you know, even though we do the bulk of our shopping online, many of us do, there's still something about the charm of a locally owned small business. Yeah, that you can't beat it. And Grand Avenue used to be full of those. And yeah. they have a something called the Grand Meander every early December, which was so fun to just stroll the street, go in and out of these cool beautiful little shops with unique items, not commercial stuff that you see everywhere else. And the restaurants and the bars and the hot chocolate and the Santa and the reindeer, like all of that is still so wonderful. Even Grand Old Day came back last year. That's right. Yeah. And that was fun. It was different, but it was really fun to just walk the street again and have people be out. And that's what we need. We need more of that, but we need places for them to be able to go and shop too.
1: It's really, tr- it's just very tricky. And I think about, I'm like, well, what is my culpability in this? Like, I also like the, not that like single-handedly I'm going to make a difference here, but, but we, we definitely like the convenience of, of the online shopping. Yes. We like the pricing because yep. going to that locally owned place, maybe it's a little more expensive, right. right. But we also want that unique shopping experience, mm-hmm. but it's like, and certainly, like, Golden Figs seems to be doing pretty Same, well, yes. which, gosh, she's done such an amazing job yeah. there on Grand Avenue. Yeah. And that's a unique place. You can't always get that kind of stuff right. online easily. Right. But, like, you can't do that for every vacancy. No, I know. And and business owners can't afford to, like, have a business that's there for the once a month that you want to go do your, your local right. cute shopping, so... It's tough. I just, I look around and we have so much space dedicated to retail. Mm -hmm. And certainly in the cities, we feel it more because the vacancies feel more depressing. Yes,
2: they do. But out in
1: our suburbs, we have all these big box strip malls. We probably overbuilt that stuff. Maybe. We, We should have more housing and less of these big box Parking lots, right? Uh, you know, around these giant strip malls. I know. But here we are, and so you're like, I don't know.
2: So, I don't know what you do.
1: Sometimes you're like, do we need to get like the wrecking ball down and start knocking some stuff down and yeah. putting up like that apart, like the apartment building on Grand Avenue? Yeah. Yeah. More multi-use kind of. Yep.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. It's because we
1: want it to be there, but we don't. We don't use it. Right. So what do you put around those restaurants? One of our textures is like you got to figure out what compliments restaurants what type of entertaining what type of shopping makes you want to shop after being at a restaurant
2: yeah good point i feel like we need to kind of start from scratch and what that looks like who knows you got to look to the future but you also can't neglect how wonderful the past was yes when it it was so vibrant and special
1: it is interesting to me that many of the businesses that are on grand avenue are saying look we're doing fine, so don't feel like Grand Avenue is going to hell because a couple of buildings have a bunch of vacancies or a restaurant that's been open for 35 years like Tavern on Grand. Well, because that's closing doesn't mean like, oh, this corridor is no, not viable or True. unsafe or whatever. exactly. But it does, it's hard not to feel like, oof.
2: It's just kind of been one after the next. Yeah. That's the problem, Yeah.
1: We'll figure it out, but, like, trying to figure, whoever cracks the code of what kind of stuff we want, right? Like, video stores were everywhere, and they faded away, and then they were replaced by other stuff. Like, what's the next thing? Or, as I sometimes think, we had too much space for, like, retail and shopping
2: possibly we, yeah
1: we need more places for people to live
2: to live yes and to play like there needs to be we might need to look to the younger generation and ask them what would you go to what what, would you what to? do you want where are you going to spend yeah. some money what would be fun for you and Maybe there's something like, you know, the Puttery in downtown Minneapolis that's such a cool place. Maybe you could bring something like that to Grand it's Avenue. That's a good point. You know? like That
1: seems to be the hottest thing right now. Yes. Like whether it's the pickleball uh, yeah. places or the mini golf or the active bowling or...
2: Axe throwing. You know, axe throwing. Yep. I saw Dan's pantomime there.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. It's, and you combine it with a little beer drinking and food and yeah. lots of fun and friends. I mean, there you go.
1: And now you're cooking. Uh, Laura, we I feel like we figured it out. Well sort of. yes. We've identified the problem as always. <laughs> I don't have the solution. <laughs> yes. I leave that to you guys. Like you guys come up with the solution one texture saying way too many banks and salad place There are so dang many banks opening up. Banks and car washes. Yeah. How many car washes do we need in this area? I know
2: and I never go to one because I know that it's gonna last for about a day and then it's <laughs> gonna be gross again. Well, do you make your bed in the morning? most days I make my bed. Well, what do you do that for? You're just going to get in it. Because I? it delights me when I come home at night to get into a nice, that's, fresh, clean bed.
1: That's how I feel about uh, the car wash. <laughs> I got a car wash this morning. But
2: I don't have to pay anything to make my bed. <laughs> there is that. There,
1: you know, you need the Dan Cook plan. Dan doesn't have to pay for his car wash either. That's the one nice thing I do for Dan Cook. I don't do another... Are you kidding
2: me? Yeah, I pay... Do you subsidize his car wash? I do. Oh, my gosh.
1: But look how happy he is. It's a small price to pay for Dan's happiness, you know?
2: What do do I get? (laughs) Well, what do you want? (laughs) Lots. Okay, well, you tell me what would give you.
1: Look at the glee on Dan's face, and you tell me what would do that for you, and I'll do it. I'll think about it. I'll do it. Laura, thank you. It's 522 D-Rush Hour news headlines coming up in just a minute. We are, I I think you're going to be surprised. At which states are being less cautious than the CDC in dealing with COVID now? On-site, at-work daycares. A big one closing down and where IKEA is opening a pop-up. All of that as we continue on Drive Time. 526, DRush Hour news headlines on this January 22nd in I think you're going to be surprised which states are being less cautious than the CDC requires in dealing with COVID now. Yeah. That's right. California. Here we come. California and Oregon. Oregon, two of the most careful, cautious states during the pandemic are now easing restrictions for people who test positive. Let's be honest. Isn't it time for this? New York Times reporting that those states are telling infected workers and schoolchildren that as long as they have no symptoms, so no coughing, no sort, th- no symptoms, uh, get at it, go back to your life. Uh, some health experts are trepidatious about it. Uh, there are is a surge in cases, according to the uh, wastewater data. But many scientists say, look, COVID has transitioned from a public health crisis into more of a featured virus among an array of respiratory risks. Kind of interesting, right? State officials in some states are saying, look, vaccines, antivirals, natural immunity, all of it has reduced the mortality rate of COVID. And so... It's time to give more consideration to the societal cost of pandemic uh, restrictions. The chief infection officer for Tufts Medicine Health uh, System in Massachusetts said isolation isn't achieving containment of the virus. So what are we getting from this policy? Oregon broke with the CDC rules in May. California watched what happened in Oregon, said seemed fine. So they changed the role last week. I've heard zero conversation in Minnesota about changing. We currently just say, here's the federal policy. We don't have our own. Companies with daycares on site, you would think it'd be a key factor in getting people back to work. No. Good. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it sound fun We're being in a daycare? Star Tribune reporting that General Mills is shutting down its on-site daycare at the corporate headquarters, effective the end of September, giving people some time to find alternative plans. But they say demand is dropped. It's only a quarter full. General Mills Childcare Center is licensed to handle up to 60 infants. Uh, company offered that as an emergency backup, too. Which, oh my gosh, literally the best benefit I had when I worked at Channel 4 is there was an emergency backup service for childcare. So if your kid was, if like if your kid's nanny was sick or your daycare was closed because of something, you could call and they'd send someone to your house. It costs like two bucks an hour is amazing. Well, that's that benefits ending too. Pretty interesting as you look at. The twin cities and say who's got employer sponsored daycare. Best Buy subsidizes backup care for employees. Boston Scientific has Arden Hills site Hormel is building a child care center near its headquarters in Austin. The Minneapolis Fed counted just 42 employer sponsored child care providers in Minnesota. With a total capacity of 2,700 kids. Just about nothing. Parents, you're pretty much on your own. Original Pioneer Press treasure hunt medallion has turned up 30 years after quietly vanishing. Uh, the treasure hunters are are a special breed. I mean that with love and with confusion. Jared Goffman reporting uh, that this... The medallion popped up on eBay. Jared emailed us today. He may come on the show later this week because the mystery here is very interesting. So the identities of the clue writers for the treasure hunt, uh, maybe the best kept secret in St. Paul. But Jared wrote that tracking down the life stories of the medallions those writers hid during the early decades of the hunt has been very intractable, very difficult to get to the bottom of it. But there was an original treasure hunt medallion that popped up for sale on eBay. Initial asking price, 66,000 bucks. How about that? So very interesting story. Uh, Another old school Pioneer Press employee brought her treasure hunt medallion that she had from 50 years ago. She gave it back to the Pioneer Press. Finally, IKEA opening a pop-up at Rosedale Center in Roseville. Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal reporting that there are signs near Von Mar on the mall's lower level saying IKEA is planning a pop-up. It's expected to open in February. Uh, only other IKEA in the Twin Cities is near Mall of America. No details, really, about what what is the theme. Every year they have different themes for pop-ups. So we'll see. Something to watch out there at Rosedale. that's the D-Rush Hour news headline. So much going on in the sports world this weekend. So much to talk about with Dave Schwartz
0: next.
1: Dave, will Joe Mauer be in the Hall of Fame
3: at this time tomorrow night? He sure should be. But that's not.
1: I, I, I that's, just that's
3: not an answer at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he will. I think he. Is, yes, he should be, and yes, he will be. Because I think the in the way the votes are trickle, you know, they're trickling in, yeah. which I hate. Which is a whole other topic. Uh, because there's no surprises in life anymore. Everything's got to be leaked out there. Uh, I think he's pretty close. I think he's over the margin of votes at this point. So it's probably just a formality. Do you think local fans are too hard
1: on Joe? Because I think it's hard to imagine any other Hall of Fame caliber player in any other city having such a loud, I don't know if it's large, but it's loud, Mm -hmm. a loud percentage of hometown fans. We're like, ah, he doesn't deserve it. He got hurt. He took all of the money, and the team yeah. stunk
3: after that. It's very, yeah. very strange to watch to me. It is, but you know, there's a couple of things that when I think about Joe Maher that, that amaze me is if you look at Minnesota-born players who play in the state as professionals, it's a, they'll all tell you it, it's more difficult to play here than it is anywhere else. Because the spotlight's always on you, and, and I think they would all agree with that. But it it it's not Joe's. It's not Joe Mauer's fault that the Twins came in with the most money to pay him, and then, and of the teams he wanted to go. Because I imagine I, I'm I'm remembering back to 2010, I think when he signed his contract, that there were others. You know, Boston was interested, uh, teams with higher payrolls and and bigger you know pocketbooks and checkbooks than the Twins have, but it's not his fault i mean they they decided that they wanted to commit that much money to to what he had been and to that point he was one of the best hitters in the game and what goes really unnoticed and what people don't realize or remember about joe mauer is that as a catcher he was one of the best at calling a game as any catcher in the major leagues and and he knew everything about the hitter and you know you have to remember the catcher's the one that gives the commands to the pitcher to throw what pitches, right? The pitcher can shake it off or go through another one. Sure. But nobody could throw, could call a game like Mauer, and nobody could hit to a spot like Joe Mauer. He didn't continue the power that he had, I think, in the early part of his career. Yeah, but his stats and what he did was still pretty impressive, playing in a position that really beats you up.
1: Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about these football games yesterday. Mm -hmm. As a long-suffering Minnesota Vikings fan base, should uh, Vikings fans be cheering for the Lions here?
3: Uh, Yeah.
1: And how depressed should we be that not only are we, even, even though we appear to be close to winning the division, were the Third worst team in the division by a, yeah. by a lot. It seems. I,
3: I would argue that they were not close, even though this, you know, yeah. record wise, maybe the the Vikings are. Well, with Kirk,
1: like maybe we would have won the division. I don't know.
3: Maybe, but maybe. they're not trending in the right direction, Jason. That, that's what correct. That's what I take away from the weekend. You look at the Packers who were young and on the up and up with a quarterback like Jordan Love. You look at the Lions who have stacked, who really have all their cards in at this point, and Jared Goff's playing well. The team is phenomenal. The defense is behind them. They've drafted well. Um, that that by far right now, the Vikings are a number three, and the Chicago Bears aren't too far behind them, as, And depending on what they do uh, at their quarterback situation. So... Should we, should Vikings fans be depressed? Yes, not not because I mean I'm I'm happy for the Lions. The last time I mean they hadn't won a playoff game in how long? I I couldn't even tell you. And and so like I'm happy for the fan base. I'm happy for um you know, it's great to see an NFC North NFC North team do well, I guess, but more than anything what I took away from the weekend is, oh man, this franchise, the Vikings are so far back and not even like one or two away, they're trending in the wrong direction right now, which is not good.
4: Dave. Also, speaking of those games, do Vikings yeah. fans and Bills fans need to sit down mm. and cry in their beer, <laughs> yeah. commiserate, share the sorrows? Uh, they're Another, wide right. I mean, we wide left. I mean, can we? You know, is that how we're going now?
3: I grew up in New York in the '90s when the Bills were amazing and could not win a Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's Scott Norwood. Right. I mean. If you want to talk about the fan bases are surprisingly similar, I think, actually, in that they just can't seem to get over that hump. So maybe it's a maybe it's a match made in heaven. Maybe do you, the Bills fans and Vikings fans can get together.
1: Do you think Buffalo Bills fans are writing letters to Tyler Bass to tell him it's okay, <laughs> that he tried his best, <laughs> that we still love him? You know, what do you think?
3: If I was Tyler Bass after that game, I would have taken my phone, turned it off, thrown it out my window in my car <laughs> while I was driving 80 to the airport to get a plane to the Bahamas for a month. Yeah, that's exactly honestly. And that's not even a lie. If I if it came down to that and it's always the same thing, the kicker has one job. You just got to kick the ball through the upright. Well, he and, had get frustrating.
1: He has a. Uh deactivated his instagram
3: that's a smart move yeah. i don't even know why he, he has had it in the first place
1: deleted his x account smart. like yeah. he's shut it all
3: down i, I guess, mean that's really the best way to go because yeah. ultimately yeah, as much as people yeah. love to give him trouble it's a really hard job and it, i mean 99.9% of these fans that scream at him could not do and, and would not have well what is it do? what, what does that today? have
1: to do with anything like of course not like that's why of we're fans not. fans but are allowed to be irrational like- and obnoxious, and that's what being it's fanatic. the word is just the the core basis of fandom is that we are irrational idiots.
3: That is probably the truest and saddest explanation of fandom that I've ever heard. Thank you. Irrational is one thing.
4: It's the death threat kind of stuff. That's where there's a line that gets crossed. That's just stupid. And that stuff happens. It's football. But that's real. I mean, that stuff happens. Have you guys seen the the viral video who are, are filming the end of the game there? And they set up a standing fan to the left of their television. As though the fan blowing against the television
1: was somehow going to blow. That the was kick. so funny, and it
4: actually it, mean, it was so. perfectly set up. Where it, do you, you think know, that was oh,
1: real or was it? I, did they shoot that afterwards and rewind? I'm the hoping it was real. Okay, I'm I don't hop- mean to and ruin that. And you know what? The... I,
4: well, because that's what you do. That's fine. We we get that. <laughs> even. Even if it was staged, even if it was staged, it was it it's still was pretty great. well done.
3: Do you remember uh, the game, the Vikings game against New Orleans when they lost it? It, it was a title game, wasn't it? When they lost in overtime. On the, the the late field goal by the Saints and there were a bunch of videos of people losing their mind. Yeah. It's everywhere. I mean I if you want to lose your mind, that's fine. And I, certainly I've had my moments where I get frustrated and but I would never think to put it on the, the web. Yeah. Yeah. Why?
1: Well, I look at most things that I put out there and then see the reaction <laughs> and think, Why? Why did I do this we, today? We got a video up where
4: we we're talking about frozen iguanas. So I mean at this point. Well, anything's fair game. But
3: that's your job.
1: That should be safe. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Who knows? Do we you think we're gonna get? Are the, are the animal no. rights people gonna be mad at Maybe. me? Then I don't. I, I don't know that I get paid I anymore for that video. Then I
3: didn't consider that. I didn't consider The stuff, that. the things we do for entertainment, really, uh, they they can't be topped. It's true. We spent twenty minutes yesterday talking about. Uh, the trough urinals uh, of the Metrodome. I mean, yeah. these are the kind of things on a Sunday morning that we talk pro about or con.
1: Where were you on those? Oh, absolutely pro.
3: What? Absolutely. Oh, uh, the,
1: the trough is the worst. What? I mean, who wants?
3: To, I don't like, know that just, we've ever disagreed on something you, more than this. You want to stand next?
1: You want to stand next to somebody, get your business out, and go to go to the bathroom right next to them with their if splash you're a like, game. bouncing
3: up next to you. If you're at a football game and you're six beers deep, the last thing you care about is who's next to you. Mm. You just want to pull up and take care of business. And they put ice in there in some places. They put that in urinals sometimes,
1: too. It's entertainment
3: value. What's the
1: benefit? What's the bonus for the trough versus the urinal to you? There's no missing. You can't Mm. miss.
3: Interesting. You're like 16 feet on each side.
1: You can't miss. Well, you can miss, and that goes to my initial I mean, concern. Is your aim that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I hadn't considered anyway. that as a positive, but I guess I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't drink. That we much talked about it for quite a while.
3: We actually were wondering where, because someone and yeah, and they, didn't, didn't they an sell answer, them? But, I think yeah, but we couldn't find an answer as to to as where to they who went. It. Timberwolves
1: yeah. playing tonight. Uh, tough, tough, great game against Oklahoma City, kind yeah. of a vision of what's to come, but also a little bit of uh, a reminder. And I guess I don't know if I should be worried about this or excited that, you know, I think it's going to be Oklahoma City and Minnesota as this thing comes down to it, one yeah. two seed. But, like, if we could control the turnovers, uh I mean they would have won that game. They they blew a lead, which I don't like. They did. But that this happened, this is the NBA today. I feel like fans are still analyzing the NBA based on a ten year old way of how games played out. Teams lose what? big leads all the time. All the time because an the three ball season. is Yes, yep. and the three ball is so lethal and someone gets hot and you turn the ball over once and you're cooked. That's just kinda so I, I don't get that alarm that they lost this lead, but uh, I am a little concerned about the turnovers.
3: Yeah, I mean, you don't want turnovers, but ultimately what what wins games in the NBA is is your defense and rebounding in the paint. Yeah. And I yes. think if you look at what this team has done this year and how much better they've gotten in that area, that's to me when I go, okay, this team is, is poised – for the long haul here, because you got Rudy, you got cat who can, who can rebound like crazy. You got Anthony Edwards who can shoot it from anywhere on the court. You got a bench that can prop these guys up too. that is the winning combination in not just NBA in any sports league, but that's the winning combination of what you need. So a game here, a game there, no big deal. They're they're still, you know, kind of mowing, doing great in, in the West. And I think it's, you're going to have your slip ups. Yeah,
1: for sure. Should be a good one tonight too. Uh, I think I saw someone tweet that uh, La- uh,
3: Lamelo Ball is
1: active, so Lamelo against
3: Ant. So that'll be fun. I hope Anthony Edwards like triples his his yeah, uh, totals yes. because I just correct the whole Ball family. I'm done with. I hear that. Yeah, I hear that.
1: Thanks, Dave. Good stuff. Right, Appreciate buddy. it. Five fifty. Back in a minute on CCO. Hey, last week I launched an email newsletter. We got this newsletter that we're sending out that has like restaurant reviews, different stuff from around town, links to some of our favorite interviews or segments we've done here on the show. So I'd love if you sign. It's free. I only send it once a week, so it's not annoying. Uh, but it's a handy way to kind of keep track of what we're up to, and you can sign up at my website. That's Russia dot com. So sign up for the free newsletter. One, it's free. It's free. That's what we do. Uh, Podcast today's show. Andrew Zimmer had a great conversation with him at 335. He's got a dinner this weekend called The Last Supper, which sounds very ominous. But Andrew will explain that. That's in our 3 o'clock hour, so check that out uh, wherever you get podcasts. Dan and I are going to come back tomorrow and hopefully be celebrating Joe Maurer, where he belongs, the hometown kid, in the Hall of Fame. This time tomorrow, we'll know he's getting in. I think he's good. he deserves it too. I'm glad the rest of the world knows it, so we should too.